2: Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene a Li- uh, Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. So you may be asking, so what does Dar mean when she says life-changing? Well, here's an example. You know, when Sandy first came to nutrition, Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she spent most of her days in bed because she was too depressed to get up. You know, I bet some of our listeners can relate to Sandy's low energy and depression. But by simply switching Sandy's food from muffins and chips and pasta and ice cream to eggs, meat, vegetables, and fruit, Sandy is now back to work, cooking for her family, exercising, exercising, and really just having fun with life. Oh, yes, in addition to good foods, I recommended adding vitamin D to Sandy's, um, you know, vitamins, and uh, it helped her get rid of the cloudy moods, and it brought back her sunny personality, which she really had at one time. So Sandy so appreciates how important real food is for brain chemistry and said it was life-changing. You know, I have one more example. I could go on and on about examples, (laughs) though. But one more example of life-changing. When Mary came to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she was experiencing bouts of diarrhea several times a day. And I'm saying several times a day, 12, 15 times a day. And And she said, you know, I know every location of a restroom in the Mall of America and most of the other malls around town. But sometimes... You know, she just could not get to the restroom in time. So how is Mary doing now? After changing her diet, switching from crackers and cereal and milk to real food such as meat, vegetables, and real fat, such as olive oil and butter and coconut oil, she no longer has diarrhea and she doesn't have to be on the bathroom alert. Mary lived with this condition for 15 years before she came to Nutritional Weight and Wellness and changed her nutrition. You know, she really tried to get help before, but there was no medication that was helpful. So the answer, real food. Mary said, "Not to be on the bathroom alert has been life changing." So that's a couple of you know great stories. Yeah. So today we want to talk about type two diabetes and a condition called non-alcoholic fatty liver, because this is kind of surprising. You know, today, over 70 million Americans have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, you may have a fatty liver. And joining me today is licensed nutritionist, Kara Carper. So welcome, Cara. Thanks, Dar. Great to be here with you again. I think most people are familiar with the alcoholic fatty liver disease called cirrhosis of the liver. So what is the difference between non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and... Alcoholic fatty liver disease.
3: Well, the conditions are very similar. Um, I don't think most people have actually heard of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, though. I bet they haven't. Even though, I mean, 70 million is a significant number. Um, However, how many people out there have heard of it? Everybody thinks of cirrhosis coming from alcohol. Uh, But really the cause of non-alcoholic liver disease is overconsumption of processed carbohydrates and sugar. And today... Half of the calories consumed by most Americans is coming from carbohydrates. Um, of course, we know that the alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is often referred to as cirrhosis, that comes from drinking too much alcohol. But it's this non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that's reaching an epidemic. And because of that, medical clinics are just abbreviating it now. You had a client come in and he said, oh, I have NAFLD. Yes.
2: So, because I had to scratch a my mouthful. head and think, okay, <laughs> okay, what does that really mean? And then it dawned on me. So, we, we really are seeing a few clients with this diagnosis, aren't we? But we're not seeing a lot of people. We know they have it from their symptoms, mm-hmm. but we're not seeing the medical diagnosis of this. Well, it's a
3: newer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, people, I don't think maybe doctors or patients are really looking for that
2: diagnosis. Right. So also joining us today is licensed and registered dietitian, Brenna Thompson. Brenna currently is counseling clients both at our North Oaks office and our Maple Grove office. And this topic has special interest for Brenna because before joining the staff at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she worked as a clinical dietitian in Georgia so welcome to the show,
0: Brenna. Nice to have you here. Good morning, Dar. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So as a licensed dietitian in Georgia, I worked with many clients with type 2 diabetes who were not managing their blood sugars very well. Oh, that's kind of surprising. I not, know, right? <laughs>
2: yes. A lot of type 2 diabetics don't manage their blood sugars very well.
0: No, they don't. But part of it's just because they haven't had good information. That's true. That's true. Yes, so many of them drank several cans of soda a day, and of course, we can't talk about Georgia without talking about sweet tea. Uh Uh-huh. And sweet tea, of course, is high in processed carbs from high-fructose corn syrup, same thing that we find in soda and certain juices. And for many of my clients, sweet tea was one of their favorite foods, and all of them would lead them down this road to type 2 diabetes and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mm, Interesting.
3: It is interesting. And I don't know if listeners remember when we had the author, Dr. William Davis, on. He wrote Wheat Belly, and he was on Dishing Up Nutrition May 19th. Um, And he he said um, when he was on our show, he believes non-alcoholic fatty liver disease should actually be called carbohydrate liver disease because it's really not... Fat that we're eating that's causing fatty liver, it's the
2: excess carbohydrates that people are eating. So, Brenna, you probably, you know, in helping people connect that sweet tea is yes. sugar and carbohydrates, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, it
0: is. <laughs> yep. We're not talking about like unsweetened. No, this is not just sun tea. <laughs> no, this is two cups of sugar per wow. gallon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. <gasps> yes. Okay. So now I explained to my clients that if they start their day with breakfast um, with cereal and juice and toast and maybe sweet tea and end their day with popcorn or chips and a glass of, again, sweet tea or soda, they will be in big trouble with their health in just a few years. Yeah, it doesn't take a long time. You can accumulate fat
2: within the liver without really knowing it is happening. You know, there's no outward signs. But it is not harmless. The liver has many different functions. It regulates blood cholesterol levels. So if your cholesterol level is too high, perhaps that's a body sign that you're eating too many carbohydrates and it is creating fat in your liver. You know, think of all those processed carbohydrates. In fact, you know, before we, you know, just kind of think about this because I don't think people realize that. If your cholesterol is high, that it may be a sign that you're eating too many carbohydrates. Exactly.
3: I don't think most people know that. They associate with high cholesterol with eggs or butter. Yes. Which we addressed that those were misconceptions on our cholesterol show. But let's just run Mm -hmm. through some of the processed carbohydrates that you may need to stop eating if you want to be kind to your liver. Um, Brenna had given an example of, you know what could lead to problems down the road but things like cereal, juice, toast, soda, chips, hamburger buns, hot dog buns, little debbie snack cakes, m and m's, cookies, see, oh we already said cereal. We'll say cereal again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um bars, Mochas, muffins, bagels, pasta, potato salad. Okay, have I touched on anyone's favorites yet? (laughs) That was quite the list. I mean, I think
2: it's kind of interesting. You know, you said potato salad. Who would ever think that potato salad is a high sugar food? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a serving of potatoes would be half of a cup.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Right. So are people eating a half cup of potato salad? Probably not.
2: Probably not. That's true.
0: No. I certainly wouldn't have. (laughs) But, Dar, you mentioned that the liver has many different functions. And as we just said, the liver regulates cholesterol production, and it also plays a critical role in how well we burn fat for energy. So if you have low energy but high triglycerides, that may be a body sign that you have a fatty liver.
2: So you were just talking about being in a class this week you yes. you you were at the Avoid the Diabetes uh, epidemic, right?
0: Yes, I was in Wysetta. I got to watch Leah teach Avoiding the Diabetes epidemic. And you said a lady that was sitting kind of near you. Yes, she was nodding off during the entire class. So
2: one might assume, might guess, that she was maybe... Type
0: 2 diabetic, possibly. Possibly, and I know Leah was doing a great job of teaching.
2: <laughs> so it wasn't the teaching. It wasn't the teaching. <laughs> it wasn't boring teaching. It no, was good she teaching. did great. <laughs> so we have to make the assumption that, you know, again, it's just the same thing. Her body's energy level is down because perhaps it might be a body sign that she has a fatty liver.
0: Yes, she needs some more protein.
2: That's right. So fatty liver is is a dangerous but silent epidemic, and it actually affects many aspects of your health, especially your cardiovascular health. So you have to ask the question, how does your liver get fat? You know, the fatty liver disease occurs in two different stages. A First, fat accumulates within the cells of the liver. So it just pours in and makes your liver get fat. In the second stage... Inflammation occurs, creating kind of fibrous connective tissues, which then starts to form scar tissues called cirrhosis. We can actually get cirrhosis of the liver from eating too many carbohydrates. And that is just amazing. I know. that. I mean, everybody associates that with alcohol. Yeah. But it's carbohydrates are just as dangerous. And when they think of it as... Uh, With alcohol, it's serious alcoholism that you end up with Mm -hmm. cirrhosis.
3: But like you were saying, this can happen in just a short period of time. Right. Well, we need to take a break. Um, You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you know that with every pound you gain, your brain actually shrinks? And also your skin is a reflection of your brain health. And did you also know that adults in this country consume an average of 22 teaspoons of sugar every day? So people are downing all kinds of different sugar, table sugar, brown sugar, high-fructose corn syrup, maple syrup, honey, and molasses. So sugar is making its way into many, if not most, prepared and processed foods and beverages. From soda, we talked about sweet tea, even lemonade, energy drinks, and sports drinks. So if you have questions for us today about fatty liver, give the studio a call at 651-641-1071.
2: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you've been gaining weight and can't figure out why, perhaps the culprit is the medication you have been taking for GERD or acid reflux. You know, a new study found long-term treatment with proton pump inhibitor is associated with weight gain. So what are proton pump inhibitors? You know, Prilosec, Prevacet are some of the names, and so they may be putting pounds on you. The conclusion of the study, people with GERD or reflux should be encouraged to manage their symptoms through lifestyle management. Hmm, so what does that mean? You know, clients with acid reflux ought to tell me if they knew what foods or lifestyle habits that was causing the problem, they would have changed their diets long ago. But they don't know. In fact, there's no cookie-cutter solution. You know, an expert nutritional counselor will be needed to problem-solve, and develop an eating plan and a supplement plan to rebalance your intestinal tract. So each day we work with many people experiencing acid reflux. I, uh, I bet every other client we get, right, Brenna? Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. Mean, just lots of people. And a lot of them prefer not to take medication because they know that it can lead to osteoporosis and a lot of other things. So if you're experiencing acid reflux, you know, set up an appointment and develop a solution so that you don't have to be on these medications that could actually be slowing your metabolism. So call us at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com and set up an appointment. So, Carl, what are we going to take a caller Yeah,
3: right let's now? take a caller. Okay. Hi, good morning, Esther. It looks like you have a
2: question about
3: sports drinks in this hot weather we're having.
1: Yeah, um... I work in a garden center and Greenhouse, Mm -hmm. and because of the high temperatures, um, I was wondering what type of substitute I could have for sports drinks to replenish the electrolytes.
3: Sure, that's a great question. Um, Well, we have a couple of examples. We have some great products at our office. Um, One is called Peltier Water. Okay. And so what it is, it's just, it's a
2: liquid dietary supplement. So you only need, I think, a tablespoon. Well, I actually, I recommend people putting three tablespoons, three tablespoons in like, you know, at least per day to get enough of the electrolytes. So
3: it's, um, you know, it's, it's very different than like a Gatorade or a Powerade. It's because there are no
2: sugars in it, That's no right. carbohydrates. It's just replacing the electrolytes. And you just put it in your own water. Okay. And then you can drink it through the day, and it does work amazingly. Because I just did it this week, and I know it does. Okay.
1: And that was Peltier?
2: Peltier water. Okay. And that way you're not getting all the sugar because you don't really need that. No. And all. So that's a great, I think that's a great solution for you. All
4: right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks Thanks. for calling. Bye.
2: Bye Bye-bye.
3: So before break, Dar, you were talking about fatty liver just being the silent epidemic that affects a lot of different aspects of health, including heart health. Um, And you had mentioned that your liver gets fat in two stages, Mm -hmm. you know, first within the cells of the liver, and then secondly it's creating inflammation, um, which forms scar tissue called cirrhosis. So, and we know we can get this from too many carbs. That's what our show is about today. But um, Brenna,
0: would you mind sharing that example just of somebody who this, this happened to? Yes, absolutely. So we do have an example of cirrhosis of the liver from eating too many carbs. One of our nutrition educators, Ora Lee, who I have really enjoyed getting to know, she is just fantastic. Um, but she grew up in Fort Francis, Canada, right across the border from International Falls, and she tells the story about her dad because he actually died of cirrhosis of the liver from eating too much sugar.
2: Isn't he, that interesting? I yes. I kind of, yeah. With
0: too much sugar. And she says he seldom, almost never drank alcohol, but he loved sugar. And when he died, the doctor told the family it was from cirrhosis, and they were just shocked because no one had ever told them that eating high-sugar foods were that dangerous. We know this now, but they found out there.
2: Yeah, And I think that's really interesting because and you know this was not just last week or anything this was several years ago when Orly's dad died of cirrhosis of the liver mm-hmm. and you know she's pretty she's really sworn off sugar she has yes because she Absolutely. says you know mm-hmm. if she if she eats sugar she's addicted to sugar mm-hmm. and she can't stop
3: and we know a lot of people like that i mean friends family clients class members mm-hmm. um You know, just having, like, a simple treat might lead them down the path of, not, you know, the sugar train, we call it. (laughs) You can't get off the sugar train.
2: But I don't think people really connect that it's this harmful.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, they just think
2: it's, oh, it's just a little treat. And, you know, when we really think about how much sugar we need every day, we need about the amount that would be in a big bowl of spinach. Two teaspoons? Two teaspoons Mm -hmm. at the most
3: the whole day. That's what we need for our body to function. Yeah. So not a half a cup or not a cup. Not twenty two teaspoons, that's this that's right. people. No. That's what people are consuming. So if you are pre diabetic or diabetic and you've been told to eat low fat and whole grains, I think it's really wise to, you know, question that type of diabetic education that you've received. Um, because we know when people are eating low fat, you will be hungry and actually end up eating more
2: carbohydrates. I Be- think that's an interesting thing, Kara, isn't it?
3: Well, right. And I mean, maybe we should break that down for a second, that low-fat eating. I mean, it's fat that stabilizes blood sugar. Yes. So and
2: we're hungry when... People are hungry when they eat low-fat. Mm-hmm. They don't get satisfied, and they don't get their blood sugar stabilized. And so they grab the candy bar... I mean, there was a candy bar sitting in the break room this morning. I know I
3: and you, you and thought you that it up. was mine, <laughs>
2: <'cause> <laughs> I was where my chair was, <laughs> and you kind of flipped it over and picked it up and said, "Oh yeah, this is really a a, a great bad example."
3: I know. I put it in my purse. I'm going to save it for teaching classes on what not to do. <laughs> Had <Have>
2: hydrogenated oils. <laughs> okay, and high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. So, you know, people are getting it every place.
3: I know. Even here at the radio station, sorry, we outed someone. <laughs> but, you know, back to eating low fat, if people are hungrier and end up eating more carbohydrates, those excess carbohydrates raise the glucose. They raise the blood sugar. That means there's an increase of insulin production, and that can lead to insulin resistance. That could raise triglyceride levels and create what we call smar- excuse me small particle LDL cholesterol, Which is, that's the type of LDL cholesterol that is most damaging Mm -hmm. to the blood vessels. And most people don't know what kind of particle LDL they have. No, and that's kind of new information, too, that that's important to know. Um, But it's, you know, that's just going to store fat in
0: the liver. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's pretend that you attach a steering wheel to your liver. So you're... Driving your liver. <laughs> <laughs> You're driving your liver down the road, and suddenly there is a Y in the road, a fork in the road, right? Yep. So you can go to the left, and you might stop at the coffee shop for a caramel mocha latte and a muffin, <laughs> and then grab a cereal bar to hold you over until lunch, where you would feast on a whole grain sandwich, of course, with low-fat mayonnaise, and grab a Coke and M&M's for the 3 p.m. pick-me-up and then settle in for a big pasta dinner, topping it off with some popcorn and chocolate milk for a bedtime snack. You just took the road leading directly to a fatty liver. But if
2: you had taken the road to the right, stopping for a nice breakfast of scrambled, you know, free-range eggs cooked in butter with a side of vegetables, and you brought along from home a snack of tuna fish with raw vegetables, And then you ordered a large salad with salmon for lunch and you snacked on full-fat cottage cheese, blueberries, and almonds and made a small steak and a salad and a half a cup of wild rice for dinner and finished up your day with berries and cream, your liver would be saying, thank you so much. (laughs) If we treat our organs with respect, they deserve, we'd all be healthier. And Brenna, you were just kind of sharing a little bit of, of Something that, you know, a doctor was talking on the the TV
0: one day. This was, I think, several years ago when I heard this. But he was just talking about how important our liver is to our overall health. And he said, you know, our heart is important because it pumps blood. Mm -hmm. But our liver has so many different functions from helping us filter different toxins out of our body to making cholesterol, to making other enzymes. He said, We really ought to be telling people, I love you with all my liver.
3: (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) So, Great story. Um, Well, it's time for our second break today, and you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. This coming week, we have a lot of one-night classes at all of our locations. So if you've been to your clinic and your glucose numbers are higher than 100 or even, I would say, 95, you know, Mm -hmm. this kind of starts to be a red flag... And if your triglycerides are above 100, then it's absolutely time to make some better eating choices. But let's face it, everybody kind of thinks they know what they should eat, but they're not doing it. We hear that all the time. Right? People say, well, I know what to do, but I'm just not doing it. But there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I think most people really don't know what they should be eating when it comes to managing blood sugar or even managing pain and inflammation or managing hot flashes. So this is where our one-night classes can come to the rescue. Check out our classes at weightandwellness.com or you can call our office, 651-699-3438, and you can talk to a live person, get Mm -hmm. your questions answered. And please do give us a call today at the studio, 651-641-1071.
1: If you want to feel better, You want to have more energy? You want to sleep through the night? Feel less achy? Improve your digestion and your moods? Look at nutrition. Good nutrition can change all of those things, and the educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness want to help you. They do this with their weight and wellness classes. It's a series of six classes. You can learn so much about your body and how to properly fuel your body. Did you know that poor nutrition is related to more than 90% of all health conditions? Learn how to properly run your body. The educators at Nutritional Weight and Wellness can help you through the Weight and Wellness classes. Right now, if you register with a friend or family member, you'll each get $25 off. Classes are taught at Nutritional Weight and Wellness offices and many other locations throughout the Twin Cities. Call 651-699-3438 Or go to weightandwellness.com to find a class near you.
2: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kvist, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist, and Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian. You know, I've noticed in the past 25 years the complexity of health problems has really increased so dramatically. You know, as nutritionists, we daily see people with many different autoimmune diseases, diabetes, depression, compulsive eating, ADD, ADHD, anxiety, heart disease, cancer. And they all have a nutrition or a lack of nutrition connection to that disease that people have. So nutrition is usually not a magic bullet. You know, it takes time to work. So But this is something I have really discovered with working with people. It seems like each month, each year, people get healthier, better when they're doing good nutrition. And so if you're willing to put in the work, you know, we are really available to assist you. And so if you have one of these conditions going on, and I think a lot of people, they just don't connect that what they're putting in their mouth makes that much difference with things like depression or anxiety or they certainly should know it for heart disease and cancer, but people just Mm -hmm. don't make that connection. Especially
3: I see that a lot with um,
2: pain and inflammation. Yes.
3: They just don't make that, that
2: connection. And so, you know, a lot of times we can help people get out of that extreme pain and inflammation within a month of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have an appointment with us, it's six five one six nine nine three four three eight. You know, we have five different locations now, and so we're coming closer and closer to everyone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a caller here. Hi, good morning, Valerie. What is your question for us today?
2: Hi, um... You've talked a little bit about preventing non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Yes. But I'd like you to talk about if it's possible to reverse it. Well, I think it depends on at what stage it is at. I think any time, I mean, I see amazing things reverse when people are eating right, when they're really putting the good nutrition in. But I can just tell you what some of the, the... uh, research studies that I read getting okay. ready for this. Could I, is, I'd like to hang up and just listen to you. Oh, okay.
1: I can All hear right. better. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so well, some of those research studies says that when it advances into that cirrhosis place, it's very hard to change that because that is scar tissue, and that is more damaging for people then. As it is if, if, if it's from alcohol, it's cirrhosis. It's very hard to change that. Not impossible. That's what I believe. Not impossible. So what we want to do, and that's why we're doing the show, is we want to help people realize that they need to do the prevention. So if you're just into that place where you've been eating too many carbohydrates and you're starting to put fat into the liver, well, you can reverse that. That's pretty easy to reverse. And if you're at that stage where it's almost starting to make more scar tissue, you can reverse that. So it's getting caught at that stage, but if you're you know if you're continuing to uh eat these processed carbohydrates and sugars, you're eventually it's eventually going to turn into cirrhosis and we're going to have a lot of scar tissue in that, and that's what I think mm-hmm. so I think one of the other questions that sometimes people ask is okay, besides the signs and symptoms that we know. You know, like higher cholesterol, higher triglycerides. Uh, higher t- blood sugars. Yeah, you know, higher blood sugars, being tired all the time. Some of those things. Sometimes when you go in, your liver enzymes might be elevated, but not always. That's the interesting mm-hmm. thing with fatty liver. Sometimes, but not always. So But if they are, then that gives you a clue that maybe something is going on with your liver and you better take attention to it. Um, Another thing is sometimes people, they will do ultrasounds of your liver, and sometimes that will show something, and sometimes it won't. So I think prevention is the answer Mm -hmm. to this. Well, another, I think, body sign that we
3: haven't really talked about today is difficulty losing weight. Yes. Um, Because, I mean, that's a sign, first of all, it's a sign of high blood sugars and high insulin levels and insulin resistance, But also the liver is where we metabolize fat. Yes. So anything that's, you know, hindering the liver, I mean, it's going to also hinder fat metabolism.
2: Right. We have to break down that fat in our liver to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. That's right. And if that liver is all chugged up with fat and scar tissue, it's going to be harder to do that. Right.
3: And, you know, with triglycerides, um, just if people are listening and you have been to the doctor recently... You may see labs that come, you know, it might not be flagged as being too high Mm -hmm. because conventional labs, I think, say under 150, you're in the clear. So I think it's important to know. And Dr. Davis on the Wheat Belly episode also said under 100 is really important.
2: And, you know, the one, one thing that I always remember when we were talking about triglycerides is Angela, who is one of our nutrition educators, <laughs> you know, when she first started with nutritional weight and wellness with her first appointment, her triglyceride level was over 1100. Oh, wow. And, and Angela had been a practicing vegetarian for a very, you know, maybe 10 years at least. So she had been eating lots and lots of carbohydrates because she thought that that was the right way to eat. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't vegetable carbohydrates. I mean, certainly there were some vegetables involved in that, but there were a lot of processed carbohydrates. And so she had a very, very high triglyceride level. Do you remember how long it took her triglycerides to
3: come down when she started eating differently?
2: Well, I think within, to back down under a hundred, it probably took you know, six months totally. Okay. Well, that's but, not a
0: very long time no, in the no. whole scheme of things. Oh, my gosh. That's a short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. But, you know, it dropped down dramatically within a month. You know, so it dropped down to 200, I believe, so if from, I remember right. Um, from 1,100 to 200 in a month. Yes. So, it, I mean,
3: eating differently can really, really make... It makes changes. a
2: huge difference with mm-hmm. the triglyceride number. Mm-hmm. Very mean, quickly. Can, very quickly. And you can affect that number. And so then that gives you a clue that, oh, okay, I'm on the right path with this you know, fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. So I would guess that Angela was probably right there developing a fatty liver problem.
3: Right. Maybe not getting that diagnosis. Right. But like you said, it's all about prevention mm-hmm. with exactly. the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, So we'd really know the nutritional facts. What we've been saying is that excess processed carbohydrates can lead to insulin resistance, which can lead to, and often does, type 2 diabetes and fatty liver. But why are people continuing to overeat these foods? Was it the 4th of July menu? Let's talk about that. That was just a few days ago. Um, I'm just going to guess that at most... Fourth of July picnics. There were potato salad, corn, chips, um, probably soda. If there were hamburgers and hot dogs, there were probably buns. Um, maybe fruit like watermelon, ice cream, pasta salads. What do all those foods have in common? They're all carbs. They're all carbohydrates. It's I all mean sugar, minus yes. the hamburgers <laughs> and hot dogs. Right, but yeah. Um, but they're high carbs and most of them are processed. And when we step back and look at these foods, in order to burn up a meal like that, all the foods that we just talked about, you would need to plow a large garden plot by hand. Is anyone doing that? <laughs> um, I don't think so. Maybe a couple people. Not but in this
0: heat. I think
3: maybe <laughs> even true. a
2: 40-acre plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Or perhaps you are training for a marathon. Maybe you ran grandma's. When We had a lot of staff that did that, but they still wouldn't eat all this. Right, exactly. (laughs) So one serving of the foods that we just mentioned, those high-carbohydrate foods, would have probably been fine. But when you go to like a 4th of July picnic,
2: most people are eating several servings of all of those foods. So, Cara, when you were, let's see, let's look at, you said, um, you know, like corn was like mm-hmm. an ear of corn. One ear of corn might and, and not have any of these other, like potato salad.
3: Right. So yeah, we're talking about if if you had your burger with no bun, <laughs> right? Um,
2: and could, one ear of corn. You would
3: have one ear of corn, which is about a
2: half of a cup. Yes. Yeah. For an average size ear of corn. And I don't know if you know what a serving of watermelon is. This is the one that just always. No, I don't. Half a cup.
3: Really, watermelon is very high fruit. in sugar. Well, it's very sweet. Yep. Yeah. Or half cup of potato salad would have been fine, you know, with no corn and no chips. I know. <laughs> um,
2: chip four chips yep. have a teaspoon of sugar. Exactly. So you can see how people are overeating carbohydrates. Mm-hmm.
0: My diabetic clients back in Georgia would have said, well, we only have the 4th of July once a year. So what's wrong with going off of my diet, you know, once in a while? We hear that all the time. All the time, (laughs) yes. But then I would say, well, what is once in a while? I mean, Christmas, New Year's, your birthday, your wife's birthday, your kid's birthday, depending upon how many kids you have. Right. Those all come around once a year. The grandkids' birthday, how many grandkids do you have? Easter, Valentine's Day? Then, of course, maybe church suppers and celebrations are every week, sometimes twice a week, depending upon the time of year. Well, if we're always making exceptions, we're always going off of our diet Mm -hmm. or just our healthy eating, that's a lot of exceptions. A lot of exceptions, aren't there?
2: Right,
3: so those things can come up, you know... Bi-weekly, I mean, so then you're really not even on a good eating plan
0: at all. (laughs) You're on it maybe 40% of the time. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, Kara, should we
3: take our last break? Yeah, let's take a break. And um, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you have not taken the Weight and Wellness Series, you're in for a great learning experience. We recommend taking it again if you've already taken it because it helps you to refresh your commitment to good health. And if you're a nurse, you get continuing edu- education credits. So if you're short on time and you're thinking, I hey, I don't have six weeks, you can take our weekend weight and wellness series. And these classes will give you the base that you need to make the best choices for your body. And our number here is 651-641-1071.
4: A wise doctor once said, today you are you. That's truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. The doctor in question was Dr. Seuss, and I bet he would like the attitude and approach they use at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. For more than 25 years, the licensed nutritionists, registered dietitians, and nutrition educators have worked one-on-one with clients. Because they know no one is youer than you, they will come up with an individualized eating plan that addresses your needs, your body, your health concerns. Because they use research-based knowledge, and because they care, they can guide you to be the best, healthiest, most energetic you you can be. Come into one of their Twin Cities-based office locations for a consultation or schedule a counseling session over the phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call them at 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com. They will get results for you. It's true.
1: Nutritional Weight and Wellness is now open in Maple Grove. Call them today at 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back
2: to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you're looking for a comfortable, air-conditioned place to get away to, now grab your partner, your spouse, your friend, your sister, your mother, and take one of our many two-hour classes. And our two-for-one special is on so your friend or your family member can be your guest, and it will not cost you anything for another ticket. So, cheaper than movies and more life-changing. You know, we even offer free purified water to each class member, it's great water. So so we have a caller, is that right? Yeah, let's
3: go ahead and take this caller here. Hi, good morning, and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question today?
1: Yes, I do. I'm um, looking at my lab reports, and I really appreciate your show because I'm starting to understand them by listening to you, but I had... um, You know, I'm looking at my triglycerides, which are 86.
2: Okay, that's pretty good. We recommend 75 and under, but 86 is pretty good. Okay, and the range is 0 to 149. But Mm -hmm. the
1: overall cholesterol that I have is 197. So I just wanted to give you two more numbers (coughs) and then just have you talk about it. Okay. Um, The HDL cholesterol I have is 52, but the LDL is 128. So I'm just trying to make sense of that.
2: Well, you know, you're 52. For women, the LDL or the HDL, they recommend 50 and above. Oh, okay. So a couple of things I would say, maybe try to increase that HDL. Uh-huh. Exercise. I'm doing that. Fish awesome. oil. Mm-hmm. Omega-3 fish oil. Right. Oh, all right. Both Great. of those things will help to increase HDL. Your so, L- LDL was 1, what, 29? 128. twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay. I mean, I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. You're in no risk. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Great. Those I are mean, great numbers. So nice to try. To, I got this report and I went. I don't understand any of this.
2: No, that, you, you've got uh, great numbers and you're, you're doing a great job. So okay. you must be not eating too many processed carbohydrates. <laughs> no, no.
1: I love vegetables. All right. Good for Sounds you. Right. love <laughs> Vegetables, uncooked food. Yeah. So right. it's very helpful to hear all this. Though. All right. Thank you for listening. Show. Thanks appreciate so much it. for your
2: call. Yep. So should, do we have time to take one more caller?
3: Yeah, let's just take, um, we have Jake on line two here. Good morning, Jake. Do you have a question for us today?
2: Yeah, I uh, grow bone spurs, and I, was, I heard that if you supplement your diet, uh, you could reverse that process. The You have bone spurs. Bone spurs. Bone spurs. Mm-hmm. bone spurs, okay. When you take a look at bone spurs, what I usually think of as bone spurs is often caused when you don't have enough calcium in your diet and also maybe some of the calcium is not getting really deposited in the bones because maybe you're low on vitamin d so what i would do is go and ask ask to get your vitamin d level checked and make sure that it's around 50 um, and that way the calcium will get absorbed into your bones and not create bone spurs okay that
1: sounds great i
2: appreciate it all (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was... Thank you, Jake. Have a great day. Yes. So we were talking about, um, so if you're going to get serious about your health, you know, and I think the lady that just called in with her cholesterol numbers, she's, sounds like she's pretty serious. Mm -hmm. You know, and I really, if you're going to get serious about your health, I found for myself and my clients that we need to make a commitment to ourselves you know we don't make this commitment to our doctor we don't make this to our nutritionist but to you know my i need to make it to myself you know it's a commitment to my values you know and i have a strong value in staying healthy and young <laughs> and i believe being part of that of an educational group you know such as our weight and wellness series helps to helps people reinforce that commitment you know working in our office is a great way to reinforce that commitment to being healthy. I it mean, sure does. You know, we don't go and drink Diet Mountain Dew or something like that. We only, if we do anything, we drink iced tea. I mean. I feel very fortunate just like even going into the break room. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, first of all, we don't have any bad food or any soda, obviously, but no. it's like you're always looking at what other people are eating and, and getting striving good to be even better.
2: <laughs> Yeah. And I bet your husband, Aaron, you know, as in education, because as I remember being a teacher, you'd go into the break room and there would be all kinds of awful stuff there. Oh, yeah.
3: I haven't asked him what what's <laughs> in his office, but I know typically most environments do have, office environments have the bagels and the muffins and soda and, yeah, birthday cake every other
2: day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so being in kind of a class or kind of some kind of a way to kind of reinforce our own commitment helps. And we really need that commitment or all the plans in the world won't work. And I also find for myself and for my clients that they need to have kind of what I call a mindful awareness of their own commitment. You got to keep it in your mind all the time. You know, kind of a practicing awareness of your commitment to your health is strengthened through being part of an ongoing educational program, whether it's weight and wellness or nutrition for weight loss or, you know, coming in for an individual session or, I mean, it's all those things. And I think having some, you know, and I I do this all the time. It's kind of like a mindful awareness and like going to a 4th of July picnic, mm-hmm. I would have the mindful <laughs> awareness that I'd look at the all those processed carbohydrates and I would pick one. Like if I like corn, I'd pick one ear of corn and that's it. I wouldn't be eating all those other things. Or I would pick half a cup of potato salad. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. Or, you know, like after church, that's another time you see all these. Those goodies. Those goodies. And you have to make a commitment that you don't drink the juice, right? Nope. Or the Kool Aid. Nope. Or all the cookies that are on the platter.
0: Or the artificial creamer. Or all the. Tra- With trans fats. With
3: the trans fats. I think that's a great point, though, because. Um, The opposite of being mindful is mindless eating. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to get into that, especially like if you're in a social environment like Fourth of July party and you're talking to people and maybe you showed up with low blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're really not being mindful because you're operating on low blood sugar and cravings to start with. Yeah. So sometimes before I go to parties and social gatherings, I Mm -hmm. will eat something. Yes. Yes. Even if I know there will be food there, I'm not sure what the food will be. I'll eat at least a snack. Right. Or at least Um, start your day off with a good breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then another tip that I have for people is just going to a restaurant. You can pull up menus online. I mean, that's very mindful, thinking ahead of time, what will I order? Mm
2: -hmm. So you actually then have a plan. You have a plan. And we need to have a plan, I think, to keep good nutrition into your body all the time. Mm -hmm. We have to have a plan. And then you kind of make a commitment to your own health. Like, you know, you, you do it for yourself. You make this commitment that this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to stay healthy. I mean, people do it all the time with exercise, don't they?
3: Right. They hire a trainer, right? I mean, yes. they get a gym
2: membership. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's the, they're making their their commitment. Mm-hmm. And then I think with eating, you have to have this awareness of all the processed carbohydrates around you, and then you have to measure it out very carefully, especially if you have kind of those pre-diabetic genetics or your body's into that pre-diabetic or diabetic uh, type of situation in your body.
3: Insulin resistance. Insulin
2: resistance. And that's
3: indicated by, um, we call it central obesity. It just means weight
2: gained around the middle. So you have to keep thinking in terms of, you know, how am I going to manage my food and manage my life and feel great? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I think everybody wants to do is have lots of energy and feel great. And you do need to make the commitment. I I would say not on a weekly basis.
3: Um, it helps to have accountability like a weekly class. But you have to
2: make a commitment daily. Daily.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And sometimes it's hour by hour. Yep, Exactly. <laughs> and people sometimes say, well, I don't want to be thinking about food all the time. But it's a different way of thinking about food, isn't it? It's a planful way of thinking about food rather than having the bagel calling you on this ear and the brownie over here in this ear calling you to eat me, eat me. You know, it's a different way of looking at food. It's much it's much more. It's
0: empowering.
2: Exactly. It mm-hmm.
0: It's a peaceful way of thinking. hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's kind of we've talked a lot about fatty liver, and we talked a lot about how we're going to reduce how you got to think about reducing the processed carbohydrates. And I think a lot of people that have a fatty liver really need to see one of us mm-hmm. or one of the nutritionists at Weight and Wellness. And you don't want it to get to that, um,
3: uh, you know, unreversible state. So really, that's why it's that's why we have this show. It's so important to think about the prevention piece. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: So, thank you, Brenna. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having great me. Great job, Sarah. It's always great working yep. with you. You too. I appreciate thanks, it. Star. Have All a nice right. day, everybody. Have a good weekend.
1: The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.